Hello and welcome to another episode of My Black is Transnational. My name is Dr. Kalechi Bay Lambert. And coming up on this episode, I'll be having a conversation with Mr. Francis Castillo, who is an entrepreneur, who's a life coach, and the author of the book, Leveling Up. We have a great conversation about his experience being born in Belize and, and living in the United States and how his experiences um, then and now influence the authoring of his book and what leveling up means for black Americans and black immigrants who are transnational. But before we get into that, let's go through our formalities. If this is your first time listening to My Black is Transnational, you can find this podcast on any of your favorite podcast listening platforms, wherever you love to listen to your favorite podcast, you can find this podcast there. We ask that you please subscribe and download the podcast and also take an opportunity to binge listen to some of the episodes from past seasons, season one and season two. We're currently in season three, so I'm sure that you'll enjoy it. Um, you can also follow this podcast on Instagram at Black Transnational Podcast. You can follow me, the host, at Black Transnational underscore email us at blacktransnational17 at gmail.com find us on facebook at black transnational podcast and you can finally check out our website at blacktransnational.wakesite.com slash podcast get all the information that you need on the website all right so regarding mr castillo it was such a, a pleasant surprise i actually do not have any ties with mr castillo um it was just um, a matter of happening that he contacted me and uh, wanted to learn more about the show and, and he wanted to talk more about his experience as a proud Belizean and, and we just got into a really dope conversation and we talk about what it means to be Belizean and, and the history of Belize and how Belizean people tend to be mixed with or are confused as Jamaican and how frustrating that can be at times but how he's embraced that and used that as an opportunity to teach others and 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 he spun it in a way where he's able to express his his pride in his his home country and all the great people that are doing great things that are from there so it's a really a really dope conversation about leveling up that we talk about his book and and how he is aspiring to reach people to take it to the next level in regards to your spiritual mental your financial health and he really he speaks with a certain level of confidence and audacity that I truly admire and I like where he's just, he's fearless and it's something that I think is, it resonates in the way we, we converse. So I won't give too much detail, but it's an amazing conversation. I hope that you all enjoy it. So without any further ado, here's my conversation with Mr. Francis Castillo, my Black is Transnational. Enjoy. Welcome to My Dad's Podcast, My Black is Change National, Season 3. You can find us on anywhere you like to listen to good podcasts. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Hope you enjoy the show. Bye. Hello everyone, welcome to My Black is Transnational, and today's guest, 
I have here with me Mr. Francis Castillo, who is a life coach and the um, creator of Dream You Event Planning, but most importantly is a recently self-published author of the book Leveling Up, all right, spiritually, financially, mental, mentally, hopefully I got the right order, um, but even more importantly, a fellow transnational um, from Belize, so um, just chopping it up with Mr. Castillo here, and welcome to the show, man, I appreciate you taking the time to join me. Uh, thank you so much, man. I'm, I'm honored and humbled to be a, a part of such a great show, so thank you for allowing me to be on your platform. I appreciate it, man. So before we get into to the gritty and the conversation, I, I want to just get you to take an opportunity to share with our listeners just who you are, who may have never heard or, or may not be privy to the work you do. Could you share with us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and, um, and, and what you do and what you're passionate about? Uh, thank you so much. So, like he stated earlier, my name is Francis, uh, last name Castillo. I'm 34 years old. Um, first of all, I'm a child of Christ. Um, I am a husband. I am a father. And I am the CEO of Dream U Event Planning and Marketing, a certified life coach, um, author, like you said, self-published book um, as of December 17th um, on Amazon of a book titled Leveling Up. Um, my hobbies are really listed before COVID was traveling, you know, spending time with loved ones, families. Um, I used to do a couple of Spartan races here and there, so working out. Um, really an all-around just chill type person, man, just trying to be successful as best as I can. So whatever it takes to be successful, I try my best at it. Taking life, you know, one and no every day, one and no, nothing, no pressure. So that's pretty much me in, me in a nutshell, just 34 years old, entrepreneur, author, um, father, child of Christ. All right. All right. Yeah. No, dope hearing that, man. You know, I too are my father, you know, and a husband. So I, I definitely can relate child of Christ. Um, and I want to know, like, you know, one of the things we talk about here on my black is transnational. We, we also go deeper into the cultural background. So where, you know, we say, where are your people's from? If you, if not you, where are your people's from? So honestly, I was, I was born in Belize, okay. America. Um, it is right below uh, Mexico, right above South America. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell people all the time, one of my favorite uh, rap lines is Drake. So I touched down in 86. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I knew I knew it was the man by the age of six. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as Belize, it's, like I said, it's, it's, it's considered Central America. Um, it is a very beautiful country. Um, the, name of the, the name of my people are called the Garifuna. Mm. So, um, long story short, the Garifuna are basically descendants from Africa. Um, and to get it, to wrap everything up, um, basically in the 1600s, um, they left West Africa, um, like everyone else. Some people say they were discovered, some people say they were slaves, mm. either or. Um, they ended up in St. Vincent. So St. Vincent is on the coast of South America, mm-hmm. uh, the, the Grenadines, the, uh, the Greater Antilles. Mm-hmm. And um, so they they ended up in Saint I mean they ended up in Saint Vincent and they were African West African mm-hmm. and the native people of Saint Vincent were uh, they were called the Awawak and those were the Indians of course what everyone calls the Indians mm-hmm. but those were the native people of 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 um, Saint Vincent at the time um, so the Africans mated with the 
Native people, the Arawak. Mm-hmm. So the Arawak men were really upset about that, about how these Africans, West Africans came and basically took their women. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the time, the, um, the English were there as well as uh, the, the, the Native the native people, the Arawak, and they drove, they driven off the Africans off the island. And um, they, they banished them from the island and they basically sailed to Central America, which was the coast of um, Guatemala, uh, Nicaragua, and um, Belize. Mm. And those, the Garifuna people, which are strong in culture, were able to, you know, land in Belize, you know, and able to thrive from fishing and, 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 and farming. And, 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 of course, they made it with the native people there, which the native people of Belize are the Mayan, the descendants of the Mayan, you have um, Hispanic, mm. um, and, and and basically, you know, like black people, how Africans, how we do, we mate, so, uh, but mm-hmm. the culture is still rich. There are a lot of Garifuna still in Belize, and that's what we call ourselves, the Garifuna. Garifuna, that's dope, that's dope, and I, and I appreciate, you know, providing a little bit of history in addition to your background, because we don't have that many people from Belize on this show as of yet, and I hope that continues to grow in the future. But you being the first uh, person from Belize to actually be able to to grace the show with a little bit of history is really appreciated. And um, so I have to follow that up by just asking, what's the primary language that you speak, uh, the Garifunas, or people from Belize as well? So that is that's a great, great question. So they have a, a, a native language called um, Garifuna as well. So the language is called the whole culture and the whole language is called Garifuna. Mm-hmm. Um, but in Belize itself, they speak English, Spanish, and, and Garifuna. So that is the, the native language as well. Ah, Garifuna. That's okay. All right. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, man, you know, so you, you mentioned growing up in Belize, or at least, you know, touching down um, in the States at a young age. Uh, so what was your experience growing up? Being born in Belize, what was your experience as far as you can remember being in Belize? And then coming to the United States, what was that experience like being a young immigrant? You know, that's, that's a great question as well. So for me, I've always considered myself like a hybrid. Mm. Oh, and so to, 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 to uh, double back on the last question, another language they speak is Creole as well. Okay. Yep. So Creole yep. is, is, is broken English like yeah. everyone knows, and it's um, another strong language. Yeah. So, yeah, so um, but, you know, after... Being born in Belize in '86, my family moved me to America when I was three years old. Mm-hmm. So um, I kind of always consider myself a hybrid, and I say that because being a um, being a a native of Belize and, and, and loving the culture and being around it still, but I lived in America. So, but mm-hmm. the, the Americans consider me Belizean, mm-hmm. and the Belizeans from back home because I was in America consider me Americanized. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> They consider me America, yeah. American. Um, so um, it was it was it was a transition. When I first came to America, I had to go to a speech therapist, hmm. where I had to learn how to not speak broken English and speak mm-hmm. the proper English. So I had to articulate myself um, in, in a better form and fashion, so people could understand me. So uh, the transition was good. You know, it was, it was you know difficult going out, out of class sometimes and. And learning, you know, how to speak proper English. But once I hit my feet, my feet hit start running, and I learned proper English, and still speaking Creole. You know, I still speak Creole, of course, through my culture. But I had to learn how to kind of switch it on and off. Yeah. Um, I had a Hispanic babysitter, so I would learn Spanish here and there. Um, so um, living in L.A., I lived in L.A. That's the first city we moved in. Um, 
uh, after moving uh, after moving to LA, we lived in Chicago and New York, so I was able to live in you know three of the largest cities in America as well. Yeah, that's dope. And I'm from Chicago, so you know, grew up in Chicago as well. So that's really that's really interesting that you mentioned that, and uh, you know, you mentioned the whole idea of being a hybrid and you know we talked a little bit off the air right regarding that concept of transnationalism and you just described a very key experience that most transnationals like myself and like like previous guests experienced that being in between right and and you also being a 1.5 generation which would be defined as being born there but not being fully grown there and then you migrated at the stage when you were still developing as a three-year-old and still trying to figure out who you were and you being not authentic enough as a Belizean to to be considered fully Belize because you grew up in America, but also being from Belize and then living in America, you're not considered fully American because you're from Belize, right? So it's 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 that that hybrid experience that makes you transnational because you have both worlds that you tap into and you still retain a lot of those cultures. There. So it's really dope to be able to hear you say that off the cuff. Um, it is always satisfying to be able to, to see someone that I can relate to and can relate with, 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 with us because there's so many of us out there that, that don't know that there's, that we're out, we're out here, um, sharing these experiences. So I appreciate you sharing that. Um, so what were your views? Like what, how, how did you mingle in the black community? When we talk, you know, my black is transnational. We, we love to talk about how we interact as a, as a united African, uh, black American population but or I should say a black population but what was your experience like growing up interacting with the black American or African American community you said you grew up in LA you grew up in Chicago and New York and that's where they're all deep at so what was that like yeah. you know that's um I, you know what I, I consider myself very fortunate um because right now I currently reside in North Carolina um mm. Shout out to NC. Uh, okay. I do love the bigger cities like, you know, Los Angeles. It's nothing like the world in Los Angeles. It's nothing like uh, Chicago. You know, shout out to Chi Town. Uh, uh-huh. I lived on um, Lakeshore Drive. Um, okay. So um, my, my father is buried on the south side. Um, and everywhere I went, the the, the Garifuna or the Belizean culture was already established. Mm. Um, so I was I would go to these different cities. In, you know, New York, Chicago, or or, or um, L.A., um, and we would have Griffin there. So I was always embedded around the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I would move, I would. It was hard for me to explain to people that no, I'm not Jamaican, because mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. for some odd reason, the stigma is if you have an accent or you have you have a, you know, your family looks a certain way that you're Jamaican or African. Right. So it was hard for me to explain to. Other, you know, like African American culture, like I'm still African. You know, we're both African. That's the connection. Mm. But it's just that it just so happened that my people landed in Belize, um, in St. Vincent. So it's kind of like I let them know, like I'm still black. I'm still I still consider myself African, just like you and me. But it's just that, um, I you know I know exactly where the roots come from, which mm. most Africans, you know, they come from the same way, which is the ports of South South America, I mean South South Carolina. North Carolina and Virginia and in mm-hmm. those ports right there. So mm-hmm. most Africans were brought into the ports of mm-hmm. South uh, South Carolina. So you know, as long as we know where the connection is, which is Africa, mm-hmm. you know, I'm African just like you. So, but it, it was difficult sometimes explaining um, 
you know, like the, the history of it. But I, what I did as an individual was I always took pride in it and I always tried to rep my country and I always tried to learn more about it because I'm, I'm a true believer in, in is if you don't know where you come, if you don't know where you're from, you know, you, you're kind of lost or you're bound to repeat the mistakes if you don't correct them. So I've, all, I've always been intrigued in my culture and how did Africans end up in Central America? Bruh, you know, I, I find it very fascinating and it's something that I, I can't say I've experienced, but I, I want to know more about because you mentioned that stigma. And I think that's something that's very, very common, which is that most people perceive that if you are not from the, the continent, then you got to be from Jamaica. And if you're not from Jamaica, then maybe you're from Haiti. But like no one talks about Belize. No one talks about black people from the DR. No one talks about black people in Central America, bro. Like that's not something that's commonly discussed, right? Like, so this is an opportunity that, that I think should be fascinating to our listeners because I've never truly imagined the idea that black people were in Central America, even though it's very possible. It's just not something that that sits in the mind of people when they think about where, the, where, where, where are black people at, right? And we understand that slavery went, you know, obviously went all over the world, but is still those primary areas. So, like, was it frustrating for you to be able to have to always explain yourself? Do you feel like you still have to do that now in present day at your age and with your family? Do you still feel like you have to be like, no, nah, I ain't Jamaican, man. Like, I'm from Belize. Like, do you still like you feel like you still need to do that? You know what? To a certain extent, but it's kind of like for me, I take pride in passing a torch. Mm. So, for us to continue the culture, I have to pass the torch and I have to educate people. And for me. There is nowhere on this earth that an African is either not touched or the culture, whether it's music, whether it's um, whether it's art, whether it's anything, sports. To me, the, we have populated the world as the African, you know, mm-hmm. culture. Um, so you know, sometimes I have to educate them. But what I do now is I kind of, as I gotten older, I'm lucky enough to give them something to familiarize themselves with. So I tell them, well, you know, Shine the rapper, he's mm-hmm. from the league. Mm-hmm. Or I say, well, you know, um, um, Marion Jones, her parents were from Belize. Or I Wait, say, you said, uh, you said who? You, bro- you broke up a little bit. You said who's from Belize? Uh, Marion Jones. Marion Jones. Bring her back in. Yes. Yeah. So her parents are from Belize. And then um, the rapper O.T. Genesis, mm-hmm. he's from Belize. And then um, last but not least, um, not Gabby Douglas, but uh, uh, what's her name? Short. Um, another Olympian. She's African, um, not, not Gabby Douglas, but uh, her name will come back to me. But anyway, she's a famous Olympian, the most recognized Olympian uh, in gymnastics in the world. Um, her her grandmother's from Belize, so I kind of give them that, 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 hey, this is a connection, this is where Belize is. Right. And then sometimes if they don't get it, I kind of just break it down like, oh, it's right below Mexico. <laughs> 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 I mean, I think break it down. I, I think that's dope, man. I, and I, I, because people, when people are able to make those connections with those celebrities or people with names they're familiar with, they're like, "Oh, word!" Like, man, like I ain't never really think like Sean. Like Sean right now is like a politician in Belize. Like if I if I recall, like he's running for a position or office. Um, last I heard, like he's he's really into it over there, man. So it's it's big ups, big ups to the people from Belize, man, and the Griffinas and um. And I want, and, and, well, my last question regarding your interaction with African-Americans um, is, did you feel like there was any tension there? Like, did you feel like there was tension between your people from Belize and African-American community? Did you feel like, it, you know, other than the stigma of being Jamaican, 
did you feel like there was tension as far as how y'all bonded and, com- and communicated and worked together, or, you know, growing up in the city, in, in school or whatever the case may be? You know what? I would say no, um, but, you know, to give you the best answer, of course, it's been there before. Um, I think that for me, the Belizeans, as a Belizean, we need to also understand that we're in America um, and also understand that we're here, but it's our, like I said, it's our job to pass the torch and educate and let them know that we're all one people. Mm -hmm. Just let them know that we just ended up somewhere else, but we all still united and we all still won. Um, But as growing up, you know, it wasn't really too much of like, oh, I got into a fight or altercation because I had to, you know, rep the country, the culture. So it wasn't too much of it. Okay. No, I mean, you don't gotta, you don't gotta go to fisticuffs, but at least, you know, just a little bit of that, man, like, what are you talking about? But, you know, I'm, I'm glad that it didn't have to get to that point. So let's, let's shift gears a little bit. And I want to know more about the whole path that led you to being, you know, an entrepreneur and, and being a life coach. What, what inspired that? Like, what led you to get to that point where you wanted to be a life coach? You wanted to, 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 um, create the companies you've created and, and, and then what led to the, the drafting and the publishing of this book? Well, thank you so much. Um, I'll start off with the entrepreneurship and lead to life coaching and then the book as well. But the name popped in my head, of course. The young lady's name is Simone Biles. Ah, yes. So, I was thinking, I, thought, I was going to say Sydney something, which why I ain't saying nothing. Because I was like, I was going to say Sydney, and I was like, I don't want to be wrong. Simone Biles, absolutely. Go ahead. Simone Biles, so you don't know me. And then um, I also want to stand corrected as well, because I know other people are listening, and I want to be as factually and accurate as possible. Um, so um, Honduras is where also the griffin landed. Honduras is um, um, a main main place, and we landed in the Rulatan. Okay. So once we landed in Honduras and Belize, we spread it out. And then last but not least, before I get into entrepreneurship, another famous person who just won a Super Bowl was named, um, his last name was Nunez Rochez, and he played actually for the Chiefs, and now he played for Tampa Bay. Oh. So he has, I believe, number 58, or somewhere in the 50s, he's a defensive lineman for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay. He's from Belize, and he just won a, um, he just won a, uh, a Super Bowl. And then, last but not least, before I digress and go into entrepreneurship, Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio, DiCaprio has an island in the coast of Belize. And what? then, really? Yeah, he has his own island in Belize. What? I ain't know that, bro. Yes. That's crazy. Yeah. Yes. And then, um, the director of uh, Godfather, his name is Francis Coppola. He has his own resort in Belize, so it's um, it's definitely a growing country. Wow, man, that's that's good. That's good business, man. That's good information. That's good information for real. Like I, I'm enjoying the facts and the trivia facts that you're throwing at me right now. I'm writing. I'm taking notes as you as, you, as you're saying all of this. This is dope. But go ahead. Can you, let me not interrupt your your flow. Hey, thank you. Like, thank you for even, like I said, giving me the opportunity to, to, to spread the knowledge and the word. Um, so as far as entrepreneurship, you know, growing up, I never really, I never really wanted to be an entrepreneur per se. You know, I love sports. I gravitated around it. Um, but there's a point in time in my early twenties where I, where I was thinking to myself, I want to be my own boss. Um, so at 23, I started my first company, uh, which was the name of the company was the, the CEO's. And all we did, basically, in lamest terms, was throw college parties. <laughs> okay, no, I, I, hey, listen, that's how it starts, man. That's, go, that's how it is. That's where, that's how you get the first, the first-hand experience of making that bread and, and really getting, 
getting a feel for just how to appeal to a population, get your experience with marketing and promotion. That's 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 good business. I know lots of people who start off like that and doing very well for themselves. Though. So, yeah. Definitely. So I stumbled into it, but one thing I learned that um, running the company CEOs, it taught me business etiquette. So mm-hmm. like you said, it was marketing, but I was marketing a party. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that for like almost off and on, give or take, you know, seven to 10 years, basically in the party game, mm-hmm. off and on. Um, so I was able to throw some good parties, some duds, but some good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it taught me um, business etiquette and it taught me how to run a company because I had to kind of micromanage mm-hmm. people. You know, and I had to kind of network with uh, with models and mm-hmm. network with uh, different organizations. So I definitely had the, the opportunity to learn. And then the event planning side was basically me booking these venues um, and having to network. I learned how to put events together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've thrown parties at baseball fields before. Mm-hmm. Um, I've thrown a lot of events. So that, that's where the marketing side came in. But where I where I fast forward where was when I started my first my second company. Um, about three years ago because I was like, I'm marketing parties, but let me market actual other clients. So I started Dream U, um, event planning and marketing. Got LLC, EIN, and all that good jazz. And I said, if I could market a party, I can market clients. So basically I have almost 10 clients right now where um, I market them via social media. I'm a digital media marketing manager. Okay. And then I'm, that was that's been since 2018, and then also I became a life coach in 2019, and basically with that, the funny story about that was um, I was in the pool one day, me and my wife, my future wife at the time, and this little boy wanted to get in the pool, but he was he was afraid, mm. and I managed to talk him, you know, from the edge of the edge of the pool, and I was like, come you know come in with me, I'm gonna guide you in kind of give him that pep talk that he needed. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the day, he went from the shallow side to the deep side. Mm. So all the women started laughing. Oh, you need to be a life coach. You need to be a life coach. <laughs> so I, I did my research. I was like, okay, being a life coach is not that bad. Like I was like, all a life coach does is, is um basically help people fulfill their dreams. And I was like, I can do that. You know, I've, I've been a student of life like everyone else is because everyone is technically a life coach. Uh, you're a life coach because you spread knowledge and you're a student of life. Mm-hmm. It's just that I just ended up getting certified for it. Um, so, and then I'm starting my life coaching consulting company this summer. Um, still looking at the logistics about that. Okay. And then as far as the book that's really a mouthful. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, well, let me, let me, let me. Before we get into the book, then, because you're you're dropping some really good gems here, and before you even give me the bigger gems, I I want to just for those who are listening who sometimes hear the word, you know, digital marketing, um, you know, consultant. I'm not even saying the word, but you know, dig, digital marketing managers. The, the actual title, to be factual. Uh, what does that job entail? For people who do not know, I just oh. if you can clarify. That's a great question, man. That's 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 great. Um, to to clarify, I mean, so basically, like, back in the like sixties, seventies, eighties, of course, we, we didn't really have computers. Computers just came about, mm-hmm. you know, late eighties, um, and everything started to go to computers. Um, so basically, the formula changed from newspapers for you marketing your business and television to everything going to digital, which was now Facebook, um, Instagram, um, LinkedIn. 
a website. So all those professional platforms, a lot of people don't know how to manage them or don't have time to. So basically what a digital media marketing manager does is we build your brand via social media, either using your platform or using our platform. So um, that's us in a nutshell. We're just marketing your product or your services on social media, so Instagram and Facebook and all those other Snapchat, all those other platforms. Okay. All right. That sounds simple enough. And and I mean, even though it is simple, I'm sure it it requires a lot more that goes into it, but you made it very straightforward. Okay. So we can now talk about the book and I want to know why did you draft this book? Why did you publish this book? I should say. And like, what was your motivating factor to level up? Why do you want people to level up so much? You know, it is, it, everything that I knew about this whole thing, everything kind of ties back into Belize. So mm. Belize and my grandmother was one of my biggest motivations. Um, so my grandmother fell in love with a guy named Byron Foster, mm. who was a, a, a uh, who's from Great Britain, of course, the UK, um, England, everyone would say now. And basically, um, he came to Belize to survey the land and he wanted to write a book. So when he came to Belize, he didn't really know too much about it. Him and my grandmother, you know, actually ended up bumping into one another. She was believing, of course, and then they fell in love. And she helped him write his book. Um, so with her, she didn't get a lot of credit, from what I understand, growing up, that she deserved. Um, so I was like, I'm her grandson, and she's one of the motivations. So she was the number one motivation. My grandmother, her name is Cora. And then I had another younger cousin, who wrote a book, um, his name is Sheldon Chris, and he wrote a book called Bunny Box, and he was like eight years old. Hmm. Um, and that was just like super impressive to me. And then, you know, going about reading other books like T.D. Jakes and, and Air, Air, Hip Hop Preacher and, and, and Steve Harvey, and I would read their books and I would realize, well, they're all doing the same thing. They're kind of just telling their life journey and giving us tips along the way. So I was like, well, hey, I can do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been doing a lot, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I want to motivate people. Just I want them to learn from my lessons. So that stumbled me into going from thought to actually writing on paper, yeah. from writing on paper to typing, from typing to proofreading, to actually finding an editor, to actually publishing. So I wanted people to be able to level up and know how to write a book, and know how to be an entrepreneur. I got story. I got the book is so diverse, like it's super, mm. super, super, super diverse. But those were my meanings and reasons behind writing the book, motivating and my grandmother and my little cousin. Okay, and then so what? I mean, other you you, you mentioned a little bit of you know your your goal to want to encourage people on how to write a book and how to kind of get things together. But like, what do you want to be? your ultimate outcome? What do you want people to take from this book when they read it? That's a great question. So, so the title is Leveling Up uh, Spiritually, Mentally, and Financially. Mm-hmm. So my, me personally, when I was writing it, I didn't know how much it would impact people. Mm-hmm. So I've sold over 80 books in three months. Wow. And for me, it was like, because I just published this book December 17th. Right. So when I meant leveling up, I wanted people to read the book and be able to level up. So if you wanted to learn how to be an entrepreneur, I want you to read the book, Learning How to Be an Entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to learn how to um, 
join the stock market or invest in the stock market, I got that information there as well. And then I just have little inspirational stories in there um, that uh, definitely make you cry, make you laugh. Um, one story in particular is how I went to Alaska. Mm. Um, my mom had a stroke, um, so I had that story in there. And then um, I have a great story of a guy named Jim who uh, was a janitor and then became an anesthesiologist. Um, who makes cool? You know how much janitors makes, and now mm-hmm. anesthesiologists, of course, start off at three hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So for me, I wanted to have people literally have no excuse to level up. So if you want to level up financially, I got that in there for the stock market. You know, stock market for beginners. If you want to level up um, spiritually, I have spiritual stories in there that motivate you to keep your spirits lifted. Mm-hmm. Uh, mentally, I have mentally challenging stories in there, so I really want the readers to read it and be motivated from it and really try to level up in their lives, whatever form or facet you know they're in right now. That's amazing, and um, I'm very excited to 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 say that I'm going you know order the book and I'm going to check it out myself and I'm going to read it and, and, and definitely just ask you more questions off offline and interact with you about this because i'm excited to hear more about your story uh and 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 i think uh those who are listening will be interested to learn more about how they can go about leveling up now i got two more questions before we start wrapping up uh first question is how how often i I know you kind of talked about your connection to belize and how it inspired the creation of your book and how it's inspired your entire journey right now how connected is are you and your family uh in regards to like your kids your wife how 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 often do y'all go back do y'all still have family back there like how engaged are you with your with your connections to belize right now that's a great question man um so for me i've been back twice since um it took me a little it took me being an adult to kind of you know like establish myself like wanting to go back and Mm -hmm. not want not see wanting to go back but have enough money to go back right, right. um so uh, i always try to go back as often as i can i'm trying to plan a trip you know post-covid mm-hmm. um about 65 70 percent of my family is still there mm-hmm. my uh my only living grandparent stays there you know so um i'm always trying to communicate with my grandmother or people from back home so we usually we usually use uh, what's you know, connections like what, what's it what perfect there you go or Viber mm-hmm, Viber um, too yeah Facebook 100% so now Zoom is a big thing so yeah, you know yeah. we talk on Zoom so basically that's what, how I connect with my family back home where they text me sometimes too so. so when you you said you went back as an adult which is a different experience because you left when you were three I'm sure maybe in between there you may have popped in with the parentals and um, you know, you may have even came through with the parents, but what was it like now as an adult being able to, you know, get enough bread to be able to go back and be able to experience back home as an adult compared to when you were a shorty? And you know, the crazy part was 2012, uh, I ended up going back and it was like, uh, it wasn't a culture shock for me because I, you know, people would always tell me, or I'll be around the culture, mm-hmm. but going back home, it really instilled more pride, man, because mm. it was just like, for me, Belize is such a beautiful country, mm. like, you know, for most of y'all that don't know, Belize has the second largest coral reef in the world. Um, the only other place that has, you know, a substantially larger coral reef is Australia. Wow. So just to give you a beautiful description of Belize, when I got there, it was just like, oh, my God, warm weather felt so natural. The food is just absolutely amazing. Um, 
a lot of people go to villages because of um, the money. The U.S. currency is double. Mm-hmm. So $1,000 here is $2,000 over there. Right. And you, know, you get your plate of food for about $7, and literally you fool. Like, if the, so it's just like it's the riching of the food. Um, the Mayan temples are there, so you know the symbols of the Mayans. So when I got there, it was just absolutely everything that I knew it would be, which is just absolutely beautiful. You gotta so. tell me about the food, man. Like, what, what's what's the what's the food like <laughs> over there, man? We talking plantains? We talking what? What's <laughs> yep. the food like? You gotta let us know what the food is like. We can't we can't really fully immerse ourselves in the culture without knowing <laughs> what we eating over there, bro. <laughs> so you know the best part. About the food, man, the typical dish is rice and beans and chicken, chicken and salad. Oh, my God. That sounds delicious. Well, I mean, when you eat that, it's not like eating burger King or, or Wendy's or anything. It's it's more fulfilling because you know it's like a mm. meal. Mm. Um, like you said, plantain. They got other little dishes called like hudut and um, bundaga and, and other dishes that, you know, are kind of derived from Africa, too. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. a lot of stuff comes from Africa, yeah. so. You know, like you said, mass planting, and, and you know, pretty much, it's it's it's, it's a great place of great food, you man, still great eat, culture. You still eat that here in the states? You still eat the food in in the states in uh, in North Carolina? Actually, my mom, my mom might cook it once in a while, man, okay. but it's not like a, it's not. I wish I would learn more. Like it's a dish yeah. called um, a fry jack. So fry jack is like almost like um, the equivalent would be like um. I would say, like, uh, you ever ate a beignet from New yeah. Orleans? Yeah, of course. So, without the uh, the sweet stuff on it. Okay. So, it's it's pastry. It's, it's just like, yeah. Like the pastry. Is, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Man, yeah. So, um, I wish I would learn how to make some of the dishes, man. That the, the Johnny Cakes and all the little yeah. other little dishes that, that, that I wish I would learn how to make. In Nigeria, okay. in Nigeria, what you described is what we, we call that puff puff. <laughs> um, it's like a circle really? it's like a circular baked good yeah without the powder and everything is we call it puff puff um and it's very wow. popular and Ghanaians sometimes call it buns but yeah it's very popular it's a very it's, it's so it's so crazy how connected we all are and like you said the culture it transcends through time and it travels all across the all across the region and the, and the globe and it follows us wherever we go um you know, so uh, th- and I, I had a, I had one more question, but the details you're sharing just leads me to ask a lot of follow up questions. And I want to I want to know um, you've talked about the food, but you and this is a more serious question. You know, this whole theme of leveling up and, and inspired something with me. And I know that you have you seem to be a very well informed and very aware of the history of black people, not just your Belizean people, but also black people here in America. And the idea of leveling up, you know, I have to, I'd be remiss if I didn't, as a host of this show, just mention the fact that you just, you just said, bro, like a dollar in um, the Belize is, is doubled, right? So a thousand dollars is, you know, two thousand dollars there. And, you know, when we talk about leveling up, you know, one of the things that I want my listeners to understand, right, is you also talked about the fact that Leonardo DiCaprio has an island there. Right. And, and um, the, the, the Godfather director has one. And it just leads me to think like we as black people need to invest in these homelands, whether they're ours or not, but our black countries, because do you know how much can get cracking? And I'm using the word informally, but do you know how much we can get things cracking if we just decided to invest our dollars are into a country like Belize, which is already growing, 
but the property, like being able to get land there and build a house there, like there's so much, there's so many ways in which black people can level up. And that's just one that I'm thinking off the top of my head, investing in, you know, in real estate and just in, in, in marketing or in buying a business down there, doing something. But what do you think are ways that we can level up as black people? Um, whether you're from the island, whether you're from the continent or not, but what can we do as a black community to continue to level up overall, bro? I'm going to say definitely two ways. Um, and one way I'm going to definitely say is generational wealth. Mm. So as an individual, we need to know how to build generational wealth. Mm -hmm. That is the number one thing. Like I look at other races, um, the Oriental, um, Hispanic, mm -hmm. um, any other race, right? What they do is they circulate their dollars within their community. Mm -hmm. Um, and for us, I, you know, right now I see, I see as the needle since, since black lives matter, mm -hmm. the needle has been moving a little different this time. Mm -hmm. I noticed that people are trying to spend money within the black community, but that is the number one thing. We need to try to build generational wealth. So we need to learn how to invest into the stock market. A lot of people don't realize that you can build your stock to your kids. Mm -hmm. So right now, if I die, my son can accumulate wealth full stock. So, you know, the name of the book, I read was Stock Market for Beginners. You can buy the Barnes and Nobles anywhere. Or you can read my book. I think it's Chapter 5, Stock Market for Beginners. And I say that because inadvertently, they're playing with your money, which which is your retirement. They're taking all your money from that you make every paycheck and pumping it into the stock market, which then, therefore, goes into your retirement. So they're playing with your money anyway. You just might as well learn how to play with it. And then also start a business. Um I think because of COVID, people have realized that they need extra income. Mm -hmm. So when you start a business, make sure you're spending your, your money within the black community. Um, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with spending outside your ranks, but if you need a black graphic designer, go to a black graphic designer. Mm -hmm. If you need um, a shirt made, go to someone who's you know from the culture who makes shirts. Whatever you need, try to keep the money within our race. Um, so that's, that's definitely the first thing. Um, and the second thing I would say, those two things is to try to level up financially would be start your own business, invest in the stock market, and try your best to build to build generational wealth, which is, you know, necessarily not having to go and start a nine to five. Go ahead and start your own business. So right. pass that business down to your, your son or your daughter, and then, you know, the money accumulates. And I say that because also um, the, the um, Caucasian culture had had start on us. So now it's kind of like, now we're learning, let's put our money to stocks and bonds, let's put our money into art, let's put our money into music and different other things, mm -hmm. and not necessarily spend it in the other cultures, like, because they have the head start. Mm -hmm. So just go ahead and build within our house, within our home, and circulate those dollars so our culture can grow. You know, mm -hmm. so that would be my best advice. Try to level up financially, would be start your own business and invest in the stock market. That's dope. That's dope, man. And I think that's a dope way for us to, so that's a fantastic way for us to end this conversation. And Mr. Castillo, Brother Castillo, I just want to take this opportunity to thank you for joining me and, and sharing with us in this conversation, just some history, some knowledge, um, some, some, some trivia facts, some things that we I know for a fact that a lot of my listeners did not know, including myself. And I think we've we've learned something today. Uh, and I know that we leveled up in one way or the other 
um, just the information we know about our, our black brothers and sisters all over the world and, and really, and really, you know, you putting on for, for the country, man. And I have to salute that. Most importantly, in, in regards to why I say that I appreciate this conversation is that I, one thing that I, I can say is that I can just tell um, from just talking with you in this moment that you're not afraid to, to go after it and go get it. And I admire that and I like that. And I and I that's something that I, I love to see other brothers and sisters and I want for other younger brothers and sisters to learn from is not to be afraid of failure. Go get it, man. Like if you you know, you just talked about it, you want to do this, you're questioning why can't I do it? Right? Like I can do it, right? <laughs> like let me go try it. And if you don't try, I mean, how are you gonna know? So I, I love your audacity, bruv. And and I appreciate it and I hope that you continue to keep it up and continue to inspire other people through your life coaching, through your book, through your business. Um, we here at My Black is Transnational, we're here to support you and support brothers and sisters who are doing something similar to what you're doing, man. So I, I thank you for the time and I thank you for the opportunity and for blessing us with, with your with your info and your presence, man. Is there any way that people can be able to reach you and learn more about you or, or get the book or whatever information you want to share about how people can contact you? 100%, man, 100%. So um, you can find me on on Facebook at, my nickname is Franchise, like a business. Mm-hmm. So uh, Chise. C-H-I-S-E, um, Castillo, which is C-A-S-T-I-L-L-O. Um, and then on um, Instagram, my business page is Dream, like the letter Dream, literally the letter U, 2018. I guess you can find me that on Instagram. And then I'm willing to contact and network with anyone. And then I'm going to leave people with this as well. So just leave them with some motivation. So everyone knows this about their lives. They know the day that they're born, of course. No one knows the day that they're they're going to, to die. Mm. But what defines you as an individual is that dash in between. Mm-hmm. So that is what defines you and make the best of it. Um, so I'm definitely geeked about coming back on one day because I want to learn more about the Nigerian culture. So I'm going to build my relationship with you. And, um, thank you so much for having me on and, and I've been looking forward to hear from you and Thank you for allowing me to be on your platform. No problem, man. Now, you, listen, I wish you peace and blessings and everything. Again, Mr. Francis Castillo, better known as Franchise Castillo. Uh, and please check him out. Please follow him and please support him. Peace and love to you, brother, man. Take care of yourself. Thank you. All right. But that's going to do it for this episode of My Black is Transnational. I'd like to thank Mr. Francis Franchise Castillo for joining us on the show and sharing his, his inspiring words, his story, his history, um, and his, his wisdom with us. And we wish you nothing but growth and prosperity here on My Black is Transnational. And feel free to join us any time in the future to talk more about all the great things that you're doing. So if you liked what you heard, please make sure to follow us on Instagram at Black Transnational Podcast. Please make sure to subscribe and download the podcast on any of your favorite podcast listening apps. Check out our website at www.blacktransnational.wixsite.com slash podcast. And please make sure to leave a review, um, leave some feedback, leave your ratings, five-star ratings if you really enjoy what you hear. We truly appreciate all of that as we continue to grow to be better for you and to have better conversations and more rich conversations for you. So with that being said, I can't wait to talk to you all again next time. Until then, though, my name is Dr. Galechi Bay Lamberts. My black is transnational. And I hope by the end of this, 